You're listening to Family Feud, part of the Paris Style Podcast family. They might not be brother and sister, but they sure do fight like they are. Here's your hosts, Keely Yor and Shotgun Spratling. Welcome to another episode of the Family Feud Podcast. It's a quick take podcast early on a Saturday morning. Why? The Pac-12 has officially released their third 2020 schedule. Uh, We're going to break that all down. There's some news. There's some interesting tidbits in the schedule, so we'll have to talk about that. Uh, We did some talking prior to recording, and there's going to be some feistiness, so be sure to stay tuned for that. Definitely some feuding I can foresee in our future. Of course, I'm joined by Chris Rubino and Shotgun Spratling. Guys, it's early Saturday morning. Uh, We seem a little delirious, so this seems like it's going to be a fun pod. I guess, first off, initial reactions we got the first word at like 7 a.m from fox that usc is kicking off against asu in the coliseum brace yourselves at 9 a.m 9 a.m gentlemen initial thoughts what are you talking about delirium i'm i've been up for a while i've been up since 2 a.m i've just been practicing getting ready for a saturday morning 9 a.m game because that's what time you're gonna have to wake up for this it's ridiculous 9 a.m this is what, what are we doing here people you know, we're starting at 9 a.m. That For the players, it's going to be ridiculous because they are going to have – normally you have your wake-up call, and they're going to have a wake-up call at like 4 or 5 a.m. for this because normally you get to the field three to four hours before the game. Plus, you have – prior to that, you have team and position meetings, and you have a team meal. I don't know what time they're going to be. You're going to have coaches walking around like banging on doors trying to get guys up, and you're like, come on, guys. You know you want to play today. Come on. You have to coax people out of their bed to, to go. But maybe maybe not so much because it'll be the first game. There's been such a layoff. Maybe that's the only way to save it. But 9 a.m., that's what stood out to me. Just craziness trying to trying to get some extra eyeballs for the Pac-12. But uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of some 9 a.m. games. Shotgun, why are you mad? You have the craziest sleep schedule of anyone here. You have the, the work schedule of a 1940s detective. You are just <laughs> all over the place. All the time. Doesn't matter. I don't know why you're upset. You should be uh, embracing this. Uh, for me personally, yes, I'm not a morning person, so that's going to be a little weird for on, on me. But I'm just excited to have a football schedule. This is the second time we've had a, a schedule release. Actually, the third time we're counting the original one. But I'm excited. <laughs> we have something to look forward to. It, it feels, you know, we were excited when the Pac-12 schedule got released. Or not released, but... Pac-12 was coming back, but now it's a little bit more exciting to actually have a schedule in place to start planning, to start looking at things. We don't know how it's going to be for us as media, but it's still nice to have something on the board. Chris, I'm not a morning person either. I just stay up all night. It's different. Solving crimes. Solving crimes. I have some rants on this 9 a.m. game, but I think to start it off, we should just go down the full schedule. So week one, November 7th, like we just mentioned, USC is going to play at home against ASU. Then the next week, November 14th, they're going to go away to U of A. And then the next week after that, week three, November 21st, they're going to play Utah at Utah. Coming back for week four on the 28th of November, they're going to play Colorado. And then week five, it's going to be a Friday game hosting Washington State. That is the crossover game that USC got. A lot of people thought it was going to be Cal. It's actually Wazoo. And then the sixth game, week six, is December 12th and it's a rivalry game it is for all of the south division and that's going to be away in the rose bowl against ucla so we now know what this season will look like will the pac-12 be able to complete all of its games that's still tbd of course 
But, I mean, initial thoughts from this schedule. Like I said, this is our first real take of this after seeing it. Um, Shaka and I know you just put out a piece on the site about ranking USC's opponents this season. I guess overall thoughts just from this rundown. I mean, looking at the schedule, it sets up very favorably for USC. Now, there is some challenges, and that challenge, there is a challenge. Let me rephrase. There is a challenge, and that's playing that 9 a.m. game, playing against Arizona State, which is basically going to be for the South. That's what I think. I think that game's going to be determined who wins the South, uh, unless Arizona, because I don't think, the the thing is, the tiebreakers are going to be so strong when you have so few games the Arizona State's not going to lose two games after that. So if you, you know, or USC, I don't think they'll lose two games after after that. So if you lose that first game, you're basically giving up the the title to that other team. Now maybe someone like Utah sneaks in or something to the conversation. I don't see it happening with how much they lost last year, but it sets up very favorably for USC. Now let's look at the different ways that ha- that happens. One. You get UCLA, that's one of your road games. You know, in a season where there's so much concern about the travel, you're getting a, a cross uh, cross town game. So you're only really going on the road twice. Those two games where you're going on the road, you're going against Arizona, who, you know, USC's had some struggles when they've gone to Tucson, but USC should be able to beat that team. Very bad defense, new defense coordinator. Playing a new defense coordinator early in the season, I think, should be beneficial for USC as well. And then going to Utah. Now, there's concerns there with the weather and stuff like that. And Utah and USC, they basically switch whoever's the home team usually wins. However, Utah is replacing a ton of talent from last year's team. And Utah is normally one of the toughest places to play in the Pac-12 because of their home fans. And there's not going to be any fans in the stands this year. So it, the, the biggest concern there is maybe that it's going to be really, it could be really cold because it's late November, but I think all these games kind of set up favorably for USC. And then to find out that your crossover game, not Oregon, not Washington, not Cal, who we think is going to be good this year. And we thought Cal would be the, the choice, at least I did, because of how the schedule sets up and, you know, with the home and away. But none of those teams that were on their original schedule are the team they're going to be playing in the crossover. No, it's going to be Washington State, a team that wasn't even on their schedule. The, the USC wasn't supposed to play in 2020. They're supposed to play them in 21 and 22. They get them on a Friday night. So, you know, I, I think with a new coach there, with Nick Rolovich installing new offense and haven't been able to do that, and they don't have a new, they don't have a quarterback. So, I, I think that just sets up hugely favorable for Clay Helton and for USC. They, you know, if they can win that first game, they'll be six and zero going into the championship game. Chris Trevino, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything that Shotgun just said. I think the schedule is very favorable. USC could very easily go 6-0 and with this schedule for all the reasons he pointed out. Um, you avoid Oregon. You avoid Washington. Um, you avoid Cal. You avoid Stanford. All the, the big names that give USC problems and the biggest games or the toughest games on their schedule in the 10-game conference schedule we got a couple months ago. But I will say, for the reasons you pointed out, uh, especially with the Arizona State game, the schedule is a little bit tougher early just because you have to go back-to-back on the road. You have to go play that 9 a.m. game. You have to break in that new defense against what you said is probably your toughest game right off the bat, and then two road games. I know there's not fans, but still going on the road during this wacky season, I think that's going to be a little bit weird for this team. And then obviously Utah playing there, notoriously tough there to get a win in that weather. 
again, no fans, but still, I think if USC gets past those three games, I think they're going to be cruising to you know, a 6-0 record. I mean, it, it's all in that first game, and there's going to be a lot of challenges in that first week. I mean, you start with the 9 a.m. It's a, it's not just that the players have to wake up earlier. It's a completely new schedule for you, though. You know, players are used to having a routine on game days. You know, and, and you know, in high school, when I played basketball, we went to the same place to eat before, you know, after school, before you had a game. A lot of players have game day rituals that they go through. First off, you you may may or may not be in the hotel this year. You know, they may change that up where home teams, they just want to keep the players in their own apartment. So you're used to your routine where you're in the hotel and you get going. That may not happen. But now you, you start and the, you know, the, the time, the time lapse is going to be different because coaches probably aren't going to have you at the field four hours before the game, which is oftentimes when you are there normally, you know, getting there three to four hours earlier than the game time. You're probably going to shorten that a little bit, but also you add in you got to add in the COVID testing. Are you getting day of the day of game testing? If that happens, how early does that have to start That's for you to get point. in a 9 a.m. game? I mean, it, it, because you can't have all the players go at once. It has to be over you know a, a, a slow flow so that you're not you know potentially contaminating anyone else as you're getting your your test done. So there, there's a lot of different variables that are going to go into this besides just the fact that the schedule's moved up. And then Arizona State has probably practiced more than anybody else in the Pac-12. They've been able to do more in Arizona than you know than the California schools for sure, but also a lot of the other schools in the conference as well. So you're taking on a team that doesn't have as much turnover as a lot of the other teams in the conference, has a returning quarterback that they're really confident in, has the same offense, the same defense. You know, this is a team that is going to be very dangerous to begin with. Already was going to be dangerous. And now you play them the first game of the week. We talked about it on Tunnel Vision earlier in the week that Arizona State was going to be dangerous early in the season for anyone. And now USC gets them and you add in a bunch of different stuff with, with this 9 a.m. start. Yeah, I'm going to jump in and second everything you guys said. And the interesting thing, too, is that Arizona has new coordinators on both sides of the ball. So it's not like you even have real tape to go off of. You know, this is your first real shot. And what we've seen from USC is that they usually really need those uh, early, easier games to warm up to things. I mean, how many like how many times have we talked about the UNLV game or the Western Western Michigan game where USC just didn't look very awake, let alone at 9 a.m.? You know, this is going to be their first real shot at things, and USC usually needs some time to, to get going, and let alone you have a new defense to work out uh, with all of this. And then you didn't even your defense didn't even get to see Jaden Daniels last season. So there's a lot of obstacles, like you guys said. And then, I mean – I'm always one that believes in the Utah curse, the home and away curse. <laughs> I just, I think no matter what, I just think it's going to be really difficult for USC. This is the latest that USC and Utah have met since Utah joined the Pac-12. And USC just does not have good luck at Rice-Eccles, except for under Lane Kiffin in 2012. But it's just something goes flat when they're at Rice-Eccles. So they won't have fans there, but still, I think it'll be a tough challenge for USC. How about this stat? USC's never won at Utah on a Saturday. Never. Okay, but does that mean a lot? Because they always end up playing at Utah on Friday. <laughs> so they've won at, at Utah on Friday, and that was 2012, I think, which is the last time. 
I think that's the last time that anyone uh, won this series, the the away team won in the series. It the is. only other time that they played, or excuse me, that was on a Thursday. The only other time that they played Utah and beat them on the road was in 1917 when they played on a Friday. I have no clue why they were playing on a Friday in 1917. There wasn't big TV contracts at that time that you needed to play on a Friday, but that was the case. So USC's two wins on the road at Utah have been on a Thursday and a Friday. So they'll be looking for their first Saturday win. I think we can sum up Utah by Keeley's quote prior to recording. Utah doing whatever, swaggy swag. No, okay. My point was that they've been <laughs> they've been practicing a lot. Same with Arizona. So they've been they've been doing a lot during this off season. That's all my point was. So you yeah, we, get the three teams that have practiced the most. Pretty much. Exactly. I, I was I was ju- just uh, I caught stole. onto that myself. I people count it. it. <laughs> I want people. I saw them. I was like, no. <laughs> Exactly. So the, the two states where there's been, you know, a little bit more leniency and where they've been able to practice more and do a little bit more on-field activities, even if it's not full pads, you know, that's who USC starts with. So there is a challenge there. There are some challenges in the schedule, but you look at the teams, USC, if they can get by Arizona State, should be 6-0. and When you're looking at that Arizona State thing game, another hurdle for USC is – when you're looking at 9 a.m. and who's going to have their team prepare better, do you think Herm Edwards or Clay Helton? I mean, you're thinking Herm Edwards is going to have his group, you know, have them lined up, ready to go, but a little bit better than Clay Helton, I would think. Yeah. To play devil's advocate, USC has been doing their strength and conditioning and their workouts at 6 a.m., so they will be used to doing things at an early morning routine like you know i don't think it will be as much of a shock as what you're billing it to be mr gunn honestly i would still i would just continue with that once they actually start padded practices i wouldn't go in the afternoon just starting in the morning you know that's your most important game we'll switch the schedule after that and go to the afternoons later um or depending on when you find out what time the arizona game is who knows it might be a noon game so you push the practice back it, it, I mean, part of it will depend on class schedules and stuff, you know, the virtual learning that the kids, the, the players are doing. But, you know, you might as well just stay early in the morning and practice and keep that routine going rather than trying to flip the routine for, for camp and then, you know, bringing it back for the week of. Because the week of, you're definitely going to want to practice early. So you want to try to just – I would just try to get them in that schedule, um, you know, get them in that routine and keep that routine because otherwise – there's going to be a couple players on the team that are like me that are night owls. And it's going to be difficult to make that switch uh, if, if you have a regular schedule and then suddenly you're playing at 9 a.m. I mean, what I would probably do if I was a player is I would stay up all Thursday, all day, all night Thursday. And then that way I'll go to bed early on, a fr- on Friday. But, you know, that's not great for your body clock either. That's what I do normally when I have early morning engagements or appointments or anything. Like uh, sometimes, depending on where my sleep cycle is at, I'll just stay up the night before knowing that, you know, I need to force myself to go to bed really early so I can get up for something early like that. Sorry, guys. I just got a text from the podcast lawyers, and they have to – we have to reiterate that you should not take sleeping schedule advice from Shotgun Spratling. I just (laughs) just need to put that out there. We cannot condone that. We cannot put that out there. 
Um, I just need the lawyers are really hammering that. We need to get that out there. I just, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I just need it. Please consult with a doctor if you're thinking about taking on shotgun sleeping schedule. Shotgun sleeping <laughs> schedule is not recommended for all people. Shotgun sleeping schedule ruined my life. I was good. I was a good person. <laughs> now, now I look like Hispanic James Harden. <laughs> Uh, jumping back to something you had mentioned earlier, let's get back into the real meat of this. Uh, what you mentioned about who would have their team more prepared, you know, the Herm versus the uh, Clay Helton. This is something I mentioned in my 9 a.m. story about this is really going to put USC talking about how they need to create their own energy from within, especially in a 9 a.m. game with an empty Coliseum. That's going to be like super dead. Obviously, I know it's the season opener. I know there's like storylines between these teams. There's bragging rights on the on on the line. There's recruiting stuff on the line. But you need to get yourself jazzed up for this one. And you know, just watching the the Fox kickoff show, Herm Edwards was coming in hot, straight off the he thing. Was. So if we're picking like an ener- more energetic, it's going to Herm every time. So you know, USC needs to get that going really fast, really early in that game. Yeah, it's, it's going to be such a unique experience. I mean, there's going to be dew on the ground. You're going to have to worry about slips and stuff early in the game. Like, it, they're just, just extra factors that aren't normally, uh, you know, something you have to worry about in a game. You know, from everything from, from the sleep schedules to, you know, do we do we have a team and a position meeting before? Do we have a team meal? And, you know, what do you serve for a team breakfast versus a team lunch or a team dinner? Uh, you know, there's just so many different things. Because normally, normally your pregame meals are pasta and chicken. You know, you want, you want those carbs at, to unload at a certain time, you know, based on when you're having your schedule. It's very kind of strict and regimented about what you have. Um, but for breakfast, maybe it's different. Maybe you're not having uh, that pasta anymore. Maybe you're having eggs and, you know, I want some French toast always. Or, or it's breakfast pasta. What's breakfast pasta? It's in the name. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it doesn't exist. Maybe you breakfast pasta, you crack a couple eggs on there, throw it in a pan, get that, get that sauce going. That's why I get it. Get some breakfast burritos. I I, I did enjoy uh, some some former uh, some USC alums that are in the media that were tweeting about the schedule as well. Who no longer are in sports, but talking about how there should be Armando's truck should be set up outside the Coliseum. I think that should be the media mill. I mean, if you if you've been to USC, then you know about Armando's truck. Uh, get the Lindell with some jelly, terrific. Uh, some other people were were you know some other USC insider. Uh, people were asking if they were going to be AMFs uh, being passed out from the 901 bar at you know at, at 6 a.m. or something to get get the students ready for the game or whatnot. So it'll be interesting to see the the environment around the Coliseum as well. I will say though, I did get accidentally an instant reaction from a USC player who asked me, "Wait, is this noon or 9 a.m.?" And I was like, "It's 9 a.m. It's going to be an early start for you guys." And he was like, "Oh hell yeah!" He was like, "I love that. That's better than noon. I like it." Like. <laughs> like we're gonna have to get the smelling salts out and like be up and ready (laughs) i was like that's great yeah that's a great attitude to have i would not have that attitude if i were you you guys were athletes did you guys have experience with early games or anything like that yeah i mean you have usually in tournament settings or when you have the earliest and it's usually that's extra motivation from the night before because you don't want to go to the loser's bracket and have that early game 
Um, so that was usually our motivation for those type of things. But the biggest thing when you're, when you're playing in, in those type of situations, usually you're on those tournament situations, you're playing multiple days in a row. It's, it's so different with football when it's such a preparation lead up to a game. Um, the earliest that we would play in college was usually 1 a.m. games. Uh, I mean, excuse me, 1 p.m. games. <laughs> I was like, this is how it started. This is your origin story. <laughs> it's the origin story. Yes, the Joker is here. <laughs> it usually was 1 p.m. I, I believe we may have had a couple double headers that started at like 10 a.m. And that's rough, uh, you know, getting up early because you want to be at the field two hours earlier. Um, and you may have played a game night night game the day before uh, for baseball. So, the, but it, it presents its own challenges. And like I said, a lot of the things are, are things like when do you eat, what do you eat type of thing because you want, you know, there's certain time periods that you want to, to eat certain foods to release carbohydrates and stuff so that you have energy at the time when you're playing. Um, and that's those are things that the, the nutrition staff are going to have to figure out going into this game. So an interesting feature of the conference's schedule and that USC actually – got lucky about is that multiple teams have back-to-back Friday games and considering how tight this schedule is you're having essentially seven weeks to play seven games what did you make about how that's going to be tricky for some teams one do you think teams will be able to pull it off with that tight schedule and two also worth noting that uh, these games will not be on the Pac-12 so everyone will be able to see Pac-12 games in some shape or form. Yeah, all games are going to be on the ESPN networks or the Fox networks, I believe is what the release said. So if you don't get Pat 12 networks, hey, look, you can still watch games go on. Um, I, I don't think the, the back-to-back Fridays are really that much of a hurdle. I think actually, I mean, like Washington State is going to play USC on the back end of a back-to-back. Uh, so they actually will have an extra day of preparation, you know, for USC because USC will play Colorado the weekend before. Now, granted, USC, by playing Colorado the week before, USC will actually have an extra week of preparation for Washington State because Colorado is going to be that bad this year. Um, But logistically, Washington State will have an extra day. Um, I think that it's not that big of a deal to have the back-to-backs, but I don't understand why they decided to put all the Pac-12 North teams on a Friday night for their rivalry games. All the same weekend, all, all they're going to be playing. So if you want to have this 9 a.m. game and you're telling us it's about getting extra eyeballs and so East Coast people can see it at this early earlier time slot, and also on that day when USC plays Arizona State, you're not competing with Georgia-Florida in the midday slot or Notre Dame-Clemson in the primetime slot. But if you're going to tell us that it's about getting those extra eyeballs, why are you going to put four games on on Fridays. Even if you do double headers and you have games at five and eight or something like that, no one on the East coast is seeing those late games to begin with. And if you put them all on a, you know, even if it's four and seven, if you put them all at the same time and decide to do it at five o'clock or something like that, then you're not going to be able to see all the games on TV. You can't flip through all of them at the same time. So it's dumb to me to, if you're going to talk about extra exposure for 9am games to put all put four games, uh, or three rivalry games on at the same time. I don't think it makes any sense. Shotgun, you just don't understand the vision of Larry Scott <laughs> in the back field. That, that, that's all it is. That's all it is. You just don't see the big picture. Media mogul, eye. Larry Scott. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot. He's not just a commissioner. He's also running a network that's not going to have any actual content from games. 
this season. I would love to see a Pac, uh, Pac-12 debate debate between Shotgun and Larry Scott. <laughs> oh, gosh. I love it. I love it. I didn't rant about this when we started talking about the 9 a.m. games, but in my opinion... Now, first off, to clarify, a lot of people in my mentions were like, they're only doing this for one season because of coronavirus. This is something that the Pac-12 had talked about or discussed prior to 2020 in the madness that happened in this year. Um, but they punted in 2019. And I think this year is kind of just trying it just to see because this season is so wacky to begin with. But I just think it's so dumb. It's so dumb. You're trying to get more eyes on your product. Yes. No one outside of the Pac-12 is going to want to watch these games. They're going to revert to what they usually do. Oh, oh, we're about to have a feud on our hands. They're going <laughs> to revert to what they usually do, which is not watch Pac-12. And then, like, the, the conference is not strong enough. Like, you can barely get the, the fans of the conference itself up at 9 a.m. to watch the games. Whereas later Pac-12 games, you at least had a brand. You had, like, a meme going with Pac-12 after dark. This is just gross, and it's not going to be good. That is my very non-thought-out rant. Okay, I'm just going to moderate here, because this is... I'm just stepping back. I'm just going to moderate. Uh, Shotgun, you have two minutes. Please do not interrupt, <laughs> Keely. You have two minutes. No, I completely disagree. I think you're going to get more eyeballs in this, because, one, you're not... All your East Coast people are going to be heavily intoxicated by the time this game is played. So you're going to be able to see... They're going to be able to watch the game. Two, you're going to have people before their games are played. So if you're, you know, if you're an SEC team and you're getting that 330 slot, you're watching other games before your team comes on. So what else is on at, at the noon slot normally? I mean, right now there's a TCU-Texas game and a Florida-South Carolina game. The rest of the schedule is boo-boo. And that's what's going to be the case that weekend. Look at the other games that are on. You wanna, you're going to watch Oklahoma-Kansas over USC and Arizona State? No, it's going to be a blowout after three minutes. You know, even with, I mean, now Oklahoma might give up 24 points and let somebody come back in the game. Then it might be interesting at the end, but you're going to watch the USC Arizona State game much more than you are the other games that are on that schedule. I mean, do you really want to watch Michigan and Indiana? Is that what you really want to watch? Even if you're in Big Ten country, you're going to be like, oh, let's see what the Pac 12 looks like. Let's see what USC is still a national brand. USC still is a national brand. There will be people watching uh, that early game. Now, if you put Arizona-Washington State on at that time slot, no, no one's watching it. You're going to have to put legit matchups on, which is dumb that your your best teams are going to have to play again. You're going to forego you know, uh, helping your best teams out with scheduling to get more eyeballs. Now, that's the part that's, that's, that's dumb about it, and that's, that goes back to the scheduling on Friday nights and, uh, you know, when they had the back-to-back road games where someone had to travel on a Friday night and it hurt the conference. It goes back to all those things, but it will actually get more eyeballs. So with a TV contract coming up, maybe that plays into it too, the fact that there's going to be new negotiations for TV contracts. Sir, you went way over that two minutes. Thank uh, you. Be- moderator, can you cut his next. mic next time? Thank you. Uh, don't, don't yell at the moderator. Uh, <laughs> Keely, you, you may respond. You know what gets more eyeballs on your product? Better teams. And you know what doesn't help your teams? Putting likely what's going to be the Pac-12 South Division decider as your first week one matchup at 9 a.m. That's not going to help anyone. I I just don't understand it. Invest in your product. Set your teams up to succeed, which, to their credit, the bar was very low. They didn't put, like, Oregon and USC up against each other in the regular six-game window. But still, 
why not invest in your product instead of doing all these weird loopholes that no one's really going to buy into and make you the conference of losers again? Have you ever watched the NFL? Have you watched the NBA? What is their first game of the season? It's always a marquee matchup because they know people are going to watch. They want to get excited about the product. That's the other thing the Pac-12 has to do is get people excited about watching the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 is so forgotten. So you're going to have to put up a marquee matchup, and that's going to be USC versus Arizona State. The one thing about it being a 9 a.m. game at the very first game of the season, the teams can actually prepare for it, unlike if you try to throw this in in the middle in week five or something of the schedule. So teams can prepare for it going forward in camp and everything else, like we talked about, much better than if you try to do this later in the season. This is turning into a bloodbath. <laughs> For who, Chris? Uh, my mic's cutting out. So. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Okay, whatever. I just, it's stupid. That's my final point. <laughs> it would have been much dumber if there wasn't actual marquee matchups that weekend, too. I, w- I don't know if that played into it, but I wonder if it did. Now that that's out of the way, we would like to turn to our next topic of discussion, the economy. <laughs> Who would like to begin? We both uh, agree that we would like to make more money. True. That is very <laughs> accurate. So looking at the full schedule, uh, all of the Pac-12, who has the hardest, toughest schedule, in your opinion? I mean, you, you're looking at crossover games here, and so... You know, Washington State getting USC is difficult, but I think UCLA getting having to go to Oregon on a Friday night, I think that's even worse than going to USC on a Friday night. So uh, especially with the potential of cold being late November, I think that's probably the worst. Arizona didn't get any favors either. You know, they play Washington on the road as well. So, um, you know, their home games – aren't necessarily uh, they do get Arizona State at home but you know rivalry games having to go to Utah and to Washington I think it's gonna be tough for them as well Chris has elected not to answer this question so we're moving on to USC now what is your expectation what is the bar where are you setting your sights for this team based on what you you know now my bar for this schedule for this team even though it's a weird season and they've had you know, setbacks with not being able to master this defense. I'm still putting this as a 6-0 and regular season and a spot in the Pac-12 championship. Um, chances are they're probably going to be facing, you know, like Oregon or, or Washington or maybe even Cal. Um, but my expectation is an undefeated regular season going in uh, to that Pac-12 championship week. I know we can talk about maybe, like, playoff team if they go 7-0. and I don't really think that's really on the table right now just because I don't have confidence in this team being able to put down teams convincingly with some convincing wins um that would be my only like hesitation with that and you know they obviously don't have a bunch of they don't have a strong schedule or flashy schedule to kind of get that resume going um but those are my expectations bare minimum right now is a 6-0 and uh, regular season yeah, when it comes to the playoff, uh, I don't think that's a possibility. When you get Washington State as your crossover game, I think that hurts you as far as strength of schedule. Um, you're not, and the fact that your your only really tough game is the first week, you know, when you play people plays into the committee's you know thinking. So they pay attention to the games the most recent. There's a recency bias there. So those games when you're if you beat Washington State and Colorado and UCLA at the end of the season, no one's talking about. 
wow, they played really great. Even if you win by 50, no one's talking about how great you're playing. If you played Arizona State that last week or something like that, then it'd be a much different conversation. Now, how you play in the championship game will will factor in, but I think playoffs just out of the picture unless there's some dramatic things happen in other conferences. Um, but it, it really is you expect this team to, I mean, even at the their worst, their worst should be four and two. They should be five and one, really, and could be six and zero. Oh. I mean, they they could easily be six and zero. Oh. That first game is just kind of the de- determine uh, determining factor of how well this season goes. But they, I mean, at, the only other place you could even think of them losing is at Utah. Really, if they lose anywhere else, you just you you'll be shocked by it. Um, you know, if they lose at Utah, you'll still be surprised by it. They lose against Arizona State, you'd be like, okay, that it looked like a pretty you know even matchup going into it, even though USC would probably be favored. I feel like the Arizona State game will just be the litmus test. Like, how serious is this team? Because, I mean, this Clay Helton teams just always start slow, and there's always excuses at the start of the season, and then they kind of warm up and they get into it at the end of the season, and this this schedule doesn't afford you that luxury. So if they're serious and don't make excuses about first game, new defense, waking up early, et cetera, et cetera, and they get the win, like even if it's a sloppy win, if you get the win, I think it'll show that this team is serious and can take care of business. But honestly, I don't, I just, it just doesn't right now. And I haven't seen this team in months, so who knows, but it just doesn't seem, I don't right now I'm predicting five and one. Is that ridiculous? Well, also I don't believe in the, the Utah thing. Uh, they'll lose. They'll lose one of those. Utah or, or ASU. My gut. Yeah, says. you don't have you don't have a lot of confidence in them to come out and be world beaters right off the bat because they haven't done it. They've struggled with UNLV. They've struggled with Western Michigan. You know they, they've struggled. They've gotten boat raced by you know Alabama. So the first game of the season hasn't been great for them. And then usually usually we have a false litmus test against Stanford to determine. You know, whatever they do against Stanford, they'll do the opposite the rest of the season. But we're not going to have that this year, which will be a little strange. Uh, But it's going to be, you know, how well they come out that week one will determine the outcome of this season. It all rides on that first week, I think, because I think it's Pac-12 or bust for this team, Pac-12 championship or bust. Uh, They should be in the Pac-12 championship. They have enough talent, even with, you know, some of the holes that they have. They have enough talent to beat Arizona State and everyone else on that schedule. Now, will they, you know, there's not a ton of confidence that they'll, they'll come out and do that. I feel like in some ways you can work this to be, I, I think a good head coach can work their team up to go all out for the first game. You know, we have four weeks starting now. We know our time, date, place, our opponent. Let's go for it. Balls to the wall. Let's do it. Or it's going to be some disjointed thing that just doesn't look good at 9 a.m. And I feel like there's going to be no in-between. It's either going to be very sloppy, very messy, or it's going to be like, oh, this team put it together. And I I can't tell which one at this point. (laughs) Yeah, I'll play a little bit of a devil's advocate just in favor of them. Maybe they'll have it put together. I mean, you have an offense that's in its second year that typically gets better in its second year. So they're prepared there. I know you can argue about, you know, the offensive line and Elijah Bear Tucker, and maybe it's just going to blow up because of that. But, you know, that offense is a uh, veteran offense. They know what they're doing. And then even if your defense is, you know, not running at full speed, it's it's a little bit trying to get their bearings, you still have a new defensive staff that's been preaching a lot of good things this season. You know, trying to change that culture, getting punched in the mouth, punching people in the mouth. So I think they'll be a little bit more prepared than, say, a team last year that was going through this, the team last year that if they were going through this. 
I think they're going to be psyched up and ready to play. Now, how well do they execute? That's going to be a different question. Can they make tackles or are you missing tackles? That Western Michigan game, there were a ton of missed tackles. Are, do you have penalties that are setting you your offense back? Are you false starts, jumping, holding, those type of things? Those are the, the real questions for that game. And, you know, with, with a quality opponent, I mean, Jane Daniels, second year, uh, I, I expect him to take a jump in his game. You know, they've got some weapons still, even though they don't have Eno Benjamin, they don't have Brennan Ayuk anymore. But I think that's a team that's going to have some weapons. And their defense should be pretty good this season as well. So uh, I think it's a tough matchup for USC. They still have enough talent to win that game. Uh, they just got to be, you know, they got to come out and, and ready to play to begin with. You can't, you know, no excuses, whether it's 9 a.m., whether it's November is your first game. You know, there's a lot of things that they can make excuses about, but, you know, none of the fans want to hear any of those. Anyone else intrigued about this Keaton-Daniels battle, which is, California quarterback playing for an Arizona team and Arizona quarterback <laughs> playing for a California team. That's a good point. And very, there's, there's timelines where these guys are on the opposite team playing each other. I just want to point that out. Alternate timelines, you there's mean? Alternate timeline in the multiverse where these guys are playing each other. Where We're talking like about Daniel. No one's saying it. Okay, that's fine. Poor shit. Poor shit. <laughs> Dad, read the room. Read sorry. The room. Sorry. <laughs> Back to the conversation. I, I mean... You're looking at these two quarterbacks. I mean, you had different organizations, different publications listing one of them as the the better quarterback last year versus the other one. I mean, both of them put up really good numbers. Both of them missed some time. Both of them as true freshmen. Um, so it, it's going to be a great battle and uh, one that'll stretch a couple years uh, going forward. So I, I think these are both guys that are going to be NFL guys as well, too. I mean, Jay Daniels and Keaton Slovis both need to put some extra weight on their body to take some, uh, absorb some hits a little bit better, but they're both really good quarterbacks and it's going to be a fun battle to see for the next couple years as well. Not to beat a dead horse, but just one more thing. Like it's unfortunate for Todd Orlando that like this is his entrance into being USC's defensive coordinator. But everything we heard in March, you know, in that pre press conference that we had, it was about tackling, being fundamentally sound, things that you will need, especially in a weird, wacky season like this, and everyone in the conference is gonna have the same not always because Cal not everyone because California schools had a disadvantage, but I mean, this is going to really put Todd Orlando to the test of you've been preaching this all off season. Can you still have it be successful in a weird season like this? Yeah. I mean, as long as that dead horse isn't turnover traveler, we're fine. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew there was a mini pony reference. Don't, don't set me up like that. <laughs> and then not expecting to throw it down. Hey, someone did tweet us a, a mini horse gif with the official announcement of the schedule. So we're back, baby. Yeah, we're, we're back. We're back. I, I, I kind of forgot what the question is. Todd Orlando tackling. Yeah, I mean, he came in preaching everything USC fans were craving from this defense. Um, I will say, obviously, they haven't, you know, been able to be on the field and stuff. But I will say there it should be a benefit, and we should see something from all the studying that they've been able to do, all the the – you know, the learning, getting down the P's and Q's, all that stuff. I just said a quote, a Heltonism right there. I'm, I, I, I'm not proud of that. But I think that there sh we should see something beneficial from all the studying and playbook studying and all that stuff they were forced to do because they couldn't be on the field. 
And remember that Arizona State is going to have to watch some Texas film on uh, Todd Orlando. You know, they're not going to be prepared for this defense either. So if USC can do their assignments, then there can be some benefits for USC having a new defense against Arizona State. Um, and one of the big things Keeley talked about, you know, tackling and, and that type is if USC can get pressure on Jaden Daniels, and we're already skipping two weeks ahead in our podcast here, but if they can get pressure on him, can they actually get him down? That was a big problem last year, getting pressure but not getting sacks, um, you know, not being able to wrap up and make those tackles. I think that's something that could play into this, especially early season, all the other things that we've talked about. You know, if you can get some pressure on him and, you know, force him to move his feet, can you actually get him down for sacks as well? Okay, well, it is a quick take, so we got to put an emphasis on the quick. Before we exit, Mr. Trevino, you have some take it or leave it for us. Yeah, I just had these ideas while I was trying to get a little post-announcement nap, pre-podcast nap, whatever you want to see it, however you want to see it. Uh, I had these ideas, you know, to help USC fans, maybe that'll be missing uh, tailgating during the 9 a.m. Uh, games or whatever in the future. So I just want you to give me a quick thought. You know how the game works. Take it or leave it. Um, mimosa pong. Can I get a description? Like beer pong with mimosas. That seems very hard on the stomach. You know, the alcohol and the acidity of the orange juice. Maybe this is just me speaking from from my stomach issue perspective. <laughs> I'm getting some weird looks. <laughs> Take it. Take it. I, I like the idea. Never seen it, actually, but I like the idea, especially early morning tailgates. Uh, you know, I've been at tailgates at, at USC that start at 6 a.m. regardless of what time the game is. Um, I'm sure they would, would if they were allowed to tailgate for a 9 a.m. game, they'd be there a little bit earlier this season. Um, so, yeah, I think that would definitely be something that would, would be considered and approved at tailgates. So we have a leave it from Keeley over here, it sounds like. Yeah, personally going to leave it, but I can understand why people would take it. Uh, hey, if, if you're getting to a tailgate early in the morning, like 6 a.m. or earlier, then mimosas are involved. Everyone starts with mimosas and then works their way up. Okay, coffee flip cup. <laughs> I saw Shotgun working it. He was like, what did he just say? Oh, I just heard what he said and I hate it. I don't drink coffee, so. What's the temperature um, of the be- coffee? Sorry, Shotgun. Ice coffee flip cup? It's not hot. It's not piping hot, obviously. I, I'm leaving it because even though I don't drink coffee, if there was like Kahlua in it, then maybe I would take it. You know, if it's like a coffee mixed drink. I would take it. I'm all for caffeine. Okay. <laughs> uh, breakfast hot dog. What does that you entail? Take a, you, t- you, take, you take a pancake, breakfast sausage, you put some egg on it, Ketchup, got yourself a breakfast hot dog. Can I sub uh, the syrup. ketchup for syrup? Exactly. Sure, whatever you yeah. want. Take, Take it. it. <laughs> Take it. That's a good idea. I like this. Okay, this is not. This is like a. Uh, I just need you to pick one. This is like a little bonus round variation. Waffles, pancakes, or French toast. You just got to pick pick one. Leave the other two. French toast for me. Waffles. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh there seemed to be some question in your voice there, Keely. <laughs> you, you guys waited for me to like say final answer or something. I, I would it say was... waffles. If it's a, if it has a good crisp to it. Because then you, you can have like the syrup it... compartments. You know? Compartments. 
Yeah. Yeah, you said that like you were answering an SAT question. Waffles? Here we go. We got two more covering games in PJs. We should <laughs> be allowed it. to cover games in PJs, 9 a.m. games. No. <laughs> Uh, leave it as the appropriate response. So, no. Sorry, I apologize. Leave it. Take it. Okay. I'm also I'm a fan of uh, people like going to the bars. Like you go in a group of people together and go to the bar in PJs in pre-pandemic times. Yeah, I just like switch it up. Okay, but Be you also sleep in like polos. So like, is it? Are you really a good <laughs> test subject for this? Also true. I I don't do things normally. Absolutely, <laughs> show up in. It wouldn't be a dress shirt and tie. It'd be a polo. That'd be the progression. <laughs> still, he still look fine. <laughs> okay, last one. Since it's a shorter season, and we've already talked about on our last take it or leave it, uh, road tripping for our two, three road games, uh, vlogging the entire quarantine season. Yes, take it, take it, take it. I'm a ham. Take it. I don't care. I don't have to do any work. So <laughs> that you don't, except show up and show off your pretty face. <laughs> Whatever you guys want. There you go. And that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna wrap up my take it or leave it. Are you willing stuff. to commit to that, Mr. Trevino? I will commit to it if you guys commit to it. We're gonna I don't have know to set I'm... like an over under of how many times I do my little swag hand. It's gonna be over a hundred. This is a historic time in our lives. I feel like we should document it. That's true. You're not wrong. I'll allow it. I'm the historian of our time. You are. You definitely are. Alrighty. Any final thoughts, gentlemen, before we wrap this up? Like I said, it's a quick take. So, uh, just our initial reactions after the schedule announcement. Uh, any final thoughts? Hey, we got football back, and we know when they're actually going to play. So, you know, excited about that. And again, there's there's still concerns as you watch the NFL now canceling and postponing games that they, that's, you know, getting seven games in, in, in seven weeks is going to be a challenge. So hopefully everyone is taking it serious. Uh, the players, the coaches and anyone around the, the programs as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm just excited for football. I'm excited to have something on the schedule. I'm excited to have something to look forward to get back in reporting mode, obviously still concerns and all that. Um, wear a mask and no one asks, but I would have chose waffles. Sorry for not asking. We're inconsiderate. It's a little rude, but whatever. Whatever. I'm just the host of this. No one asks what the host thinks of this. Take it or leave it. It's fine. Hey, if you want your own segment to be hosting, then you don't get to participate in it as well. That's fair. That's fair. Makes a good point. As always, Shotgun. Also, if you were a better moderator, I might have done a favor for you, but you kind of lost that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair criticism. Fair criticism. But do you understand my compartment uh, argument with the waffles? <laughs> no one understands you. <laughs> You yeah, have the syrup uh, in hot... the compartments. Yeah, waffles are great. Swaggity swag. Let's just, let's just wrap it up. All righty. I, I warned y'all this was going to be delirious fun, and I think we lived on t- up to it. So it is what it is. That's Shotgun. That's Chris. I never said my name on this spot. I'm Keely. <laughs> we'll be back for another podcast sooner than later. Uh, but thanks for listening. Bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.